So often you're told growing up that college is the only way to secure your future. But what if the job you want doesn't require a degree? Do you still go to a nice university and take out loans just to say you did it? Sure, the social aspect is an experience unlike what you'd find in your hometown, but it's not the only way to develop skills or make money. Welcome to the Just Dumb Enough Podcast. I'm your host as always, Colton Petrie, and I never went to school to learn audio media like we're doing right now. My guest today is Charles Chadwick. Charles earned two college degrees before realizing he was better off working a trade job and forgoing all of the formal education he thought he would need. He has dedicated his life to helping students reduce their college debt, if not eliminate it, by finding an alternate route to happiness, fulfillment, job security, and income. Through his stories, you'll see how this blue-collar worker has been able to travel from Albania to South Korea on a company dime. Let's evaluate if we need the extra schooling. Welcome to the show, Charles Chadwick. Hey, how's it going, Colton? It's going great. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit for the audience that's listening? Okay. Uh, my name is Charles. Nothing special or anything like that, but uh, I'm a very unique person. I have two college degrees. I pay back all my loans and I'm debt free. But guess what, everybody? I have found out that I'm more successful with a set of skills that I learned for free in the trade industry. And maybe I'm an anomaly, but, you know, commonly in America, we have a lot of people with degrees. But I I find it sometimes rare that you'll find somebody with degrees and somebody who's in the trade industry. And uh, that's that's who I am. An everyday guy started out in a plumbing business. My dad had a plumbing business. I learned that during high school. Uh, while going to my community college, when I went to my university, I was still doing plumbing. And uh, even now that I'm graduated, I'm working as a contractor, traveling around the world. The skills that I learned from the trades has just really been awesome. And I'm happy, too, for the college experience, you know, to get away from family and go on your life journey and meet people from all different types of cultures around the world. Yeah. And that's awesome because, you know, when we started talking about this, I'm like, wow, what a thing to expose people to that I think no one really gets exposed to. And that comes to the question, what is a trade job? Okay. Typically, uh, when it comes to the trade industry, everybody thinks about Pacific fields, but it's not just a plumber. You know, you deal with uh, water and sewage, an electrician. Of course, we're dealing with power. There's no way we could be here in this Zoom meeting without the electricity that's powering this podcast and energy all around the world. Uh, Your HVAC, uh, mechanical, dealing with air conditioning, chillers, boilers, things like that. And then you can get to another level uh, within home interior. You have drywall sheetrock workers. Uh, You have painters. Uh, You have roofers landscaper could be in my opinion considered part of the trade industry and with the trade honestly what you're doing you're offering a service and your skills in exchange you know for money that's what i would sum up the trade industry having a skill that you exchange 
for the money and the service that you provide. And a lot of times, too, in most uh, businesses, you're either doing one or two things. You know, you're selling a product or you're offering a service. So I would classify the trade industry as providing a service versus just a product. They're just providing our skills and services. Yeah. Do you see a lot of people when they talk about trade jobs? Is there like a large tie in people give to what we consider blue collar work? Yeah. And uh, I, I don't I don't know where that stigma came from, to be honest, because in my opinion, I, I've been making up these quotes to try to bring more awareness to the trade industry. And my question is simple. Has society forgotten the knowledge that existed before college? And to me, that was the trade industry. Whatever you wanted, you had to construct, you had to build, you had to engineer, you had to draw blueprints, you had to go to a surveyor to do this. You have to go to a general contractor to do this and you sub out the work. So I always wonder where that stigma came to play. And it's no secret. We know in the past that vocational and trades were offered in high school, but maybe in the last 20 years or so, vocation and all that was taken away from the high schools. And the only option was college, go to college, go to college, go to college. If you want to be successful, go to college, go to college, go to college. So uh, the blue collar worker, I don't know why it's looked down upon because the, honestly, if, if it wasn't for those workers, you know, we, we wouldn't be where we're at now. Um, and all around the world, it is the trades people who build countries and infrastructures. Um, when you look around the world, even here in the United States, I haven't seen a lot of new infrastructure like I have traveling overseas. Uh, I've been to Seoul, Korea, and just some of the stuff that they're building is just amazing. And in my opinion, it didn't come with degrees. It came with the trade industry. And yes, the degrees, if you're an engineer, things like that. But people, even today's world, people, we build the things, you know, we have machines that can do it, but it still took a human to come up with the thought and the idea. So I would say that's where this, maybe the stigmas come from is all this technology, but at, you know, we could have forgotten about what's important and that's using our minds and our hands, you know, to build things. Yeah. It feels like, you know, there used to just be this time where people said like, oh, well, let's divide them into two flat categories. Yep. You know, white collar is working in an office building and a yep. blue collar is not. And that to me would make sense. Um, but now there's like this way different, like, oh, well, if you're blue collar, you're also like lower class, you're uneducated, like all these other things that come with it. That's like, well, that's not necessarily true at all. Yeah, And you know what? You're, you're right. And, and again, just talking with you now, I don't know where that stigma came from. And honestly, I'm young. Um, I didn't grow up in the 50s. But just looking back now and thinking about it in high school, that's kind of like what some of the teachers kind of promoted. You know, they say, you know, I, I remember one teacher said your parents not happy because they didn't go to college. They made it look like college was crap per se, that you'll get a high off college and that's the the only thing you need was college but before college i always believed in you got to have some type of knowledge before you even enter college and again i have no idea where that stigma came from and you know Calta, i feel like they've done such a good job that they package college up and it's not a product but this is just a hypothetical example they package it so up and they put it on the shelf to the point that 
we are drooling over college and the trade industry is on some other bookshelf at the bottom of the bookshelf. But I really feel and I know for a fact right now, if I could do an experiment and put college trades, college, you walk, you'll walk away with a lifetime worth of debt and bills. And on the trade industry book, I could say if you want to walk away with a lifetime earning skill that you could have for the rest of your life, you're going to be able to survive a pandemic. A lot of people, I don't think they really thought about the pandemic. Toilets overflowing, people powering out. And even right now, everybody say, oh, gas prices is high. Even if they're high, they're still going to call a plumber no matter what if you can't flush your toilet. So I did see me myself working in the construction slash security sector during the pandemic. I was deemed essential. And unfortunately, so many other people lost their jobs. So the trade industry is really a lifetime skill at the end of the day, no matter what's going on in the world. If a plumber can get to your house by boat, plane or car, he can fix that issue. <laughs> yeah. And it also leans into this like. I don't know where people got like, oh, well, the only way you're going to become educated is to go to school. Like, well, no, like going to college, let's look at it directly. You have to graduate high school. Yeah. And then you can apply to college, take on, you know, like you said, a lot of student loans and you can learn a skill that way. Or, you know, you could be a plumber, which I imagine you still have to graduate high school. I would say no. I would say no, no high school for plumbing or any trade. And, and that's the interesting thing. Uh, this is facts. This isn't my opinion. But I've known people that, you know, had felonies and they were able to get in the trade industry. And guess what? By the time they put the effort and the time and they learned the skill, they were able to own their own business where the only discrimination they would get if a customer maybe Googled him and then they can see their record versus if he wanted to work for corporate America, he wouldn't have that opportunity. So I, I would say with the trade industry, and again, you're you're just learning that skill. Once you learn it, you have it. There's no way that they can take it. So, and uh, I met a lot of people who did drop out of high school, but guess what? They were a phenomenal carpenter. They were a phenomenal electrician. They didn't want to look at a book. They wanted to use their hands and like live it. So I, I would say high school, mm, and, and my parents' generation or the baby boomers, it was needed because it, it really taught us how to be like a factory. You go to this subject, you will learn this. You go to this subject, you learn this. You will eat your lunch at this time. This is the time to play. The school bus, think about just busting us back and forth. Like now that I'm older, I really think about the school system. Is it really preparing people, like what we're saying, a lifetime skill where you, you're going to be able to make money? So I would say the trade industry, it don't require a, a high school, but maybe in some of the engineering part, of course, you're going to need some college so that if you say we can build this bridge structure and it's going to hold blah, 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 tons. Yes. But to learn that skill, anybody can do it. Anybody. Yeah. Well, and that, you know, that comes into like, you're still going through training. It's just not in a classroom at a collegiate you know university or whatever you're still being trained because yeah you have the guy like when you take korea for example who designed this very aesthetically pleasing building 
but that's about as far as he ever would have gotten unless he had people with legitimate trade skills who could come in, you know, lay a foundation for it, yep. lay a framework, everything to the interior. Like, you know, there was a lot of people that needed to do that, that were all trade based and a couple people who did the design work. Yep. And you're right. A couple of people. And I've been in construction for a long time. Um, I'm a, a contractor. I got to travel around the world and, uh, the, the person that had the brains, whether it was the engineer, you know, he, he does it in his mind and put it on paper. But the physical people are the one, like you saying, who builds the structure, who gets it done. But but I'm curious to know, too, like, uh, in your opinion, where did you think that state? I would say it started in school, like my, maybe in high school, the way the teachers kind of talked down and, and maybe they might have planted this seed about. You shouldn't work harder. You should work smarter. And I think we have to get back to, you know, whether you're successful or not, it's still going to require some physical type of work. You know, I, I'm really, is that how you would say it too? Like, where did that stigma come from? Because it didn't exist in our parents' generation, in my opinion, the baby boomer. My dad, I noticed guys that are older, they all in the trade. They don't even want to be by a computer. They want to work with their hands. Yeah, I feel like I remember very vividly, like almost propaganda posters in maybe middle school, maybe high school that just said like, oh, if you go to college, you'll earn a million dollars more. And I'm like, well, all right, hold on. <laughs> but, but, Who are we talking but, about specifically? And it, it was definitely like, it was pushed really hard where they're like, you have to go to college. If you don't go to college, you're not anything. That's like how many people go to college and stick with it? Yeah, I, I've done some research and, you know, 64% of college students drop out without the degree. But guess what? In the trade industry, only about 4% drop out. That's a high return rate for people who start something and finish it. And you're walking away with a lifetime skill. So I found that very interesting. And, you know, typically trade schools are cheaper than the big universities. And I would say if you really look at it for a bang for your buck, college is needed for a doctor, attorney, things like that. But for somebody to come out of high school and maybe let's say a, a trade certificate, diploma, not even certification of diploma, continuing education class, a community college, it might cost them two or three hundred dollars. And just having that little ounce of knowledge allows them to get hired at an entry level position. It's like with the trade industry, the longer you stay, the more you make because you're going to learn. And one thing I noticed from my dad with the plumbing industry, it was tough at first. But the more I went, it was awesome to go to a water leak job. And I knew exactly how to fix it within seconds. And you start fixing things, moving quickly. And you make the money versus it was frustrating the first day. I might have been on a job for an hour long trying to fix something. My dad, who has over 40 years of experience, he would come and in a second fix it. And I would be like, you mean to tell me that's all I had to do to fix this pipe? Yeah. And it's like the trade industry when you're there, man, it's like critical thinking skills. And it really helps you in your everyday life for sure. Yeah, it certainly does. Um, and you'd, you'd mentioned going to school for some of this. What kind of training do you have to do for trade jobs? 
I would say there, there really is no training. And this is what I've been and telling people, okay? On your first day of a trades job, you don't have any skills unless, you know, you've studied it. But on the first day, you will get paid. First day, you get paid, whether you know how to do something or not. So I would say in the trade industry, you just got to be motivated to get in there not know anything and just watch. And that's literally what you're doing. You are watching people work, you know, and learning. And you'll be the tool guy, the tool helper. Hey, pass me that pliers. I've seen it so many times. And a young guy hands them a screwdriver instead. And the old, the older guy that's training him or his foreman or supervisor saying, man, you ain't worth five cents, man. Don't you know what pliers are? And right there, they are going to get the on-the-job training lesson. I've seen where the foreman, he'll go through his toolbox. These are what pliers are. This is what a Phillips, this is what a flathead, this is what a level is. And that person, if they're good, they're going to be taking in all this free information. And that sums up the trade industry. All you have, in my opinion, all you have to do is show up and pay attention. And then as what you're saying, those skills and the training, it will all make sense to you. But on that first day, it's rough as it was rough for me kind of when I start going on my dad with plumbing jobs because I, I didn't know what I was doing. But on-the-job training is the best training it is. And you'll learn so many secrets in the trade industry about how to fix something, how to do something, because the guys that, as my father, he stayed in it 40 years, he knows every trick there is now versus a young person coming out of high school. They could get frustrated and don't know that all they needed to do was take a pair of pliers and turn a quarter of an inch and that would fix the whole problem or the repair. So I would say with the trade industry, the, the skills that are needed has to be learned. You know, you, you're not going to learn it on the first day, but on the positive side, on your first day, you get paid whether you know what you're doing or not. And that's what I find amazing about the trade industry. Your first day, you will be paid without any skills whatsoever. You're going to learn the skills. Well, and yeah, not only that, like you get all of these real world applicable skills that you can yep. then use in your own house if you exactly. run into an issue. Yeah, talk about it, man. And, and it's I like, if you went to school, you know, obviously there's, there's some exceptions where it's like, if you're a doctor, obviously a lot of applicable skills. Um, but if you're a lawyer and your pipe bursts, like you got to call somebody, you can't just like, you know, roll your, your way out of this. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I find that the duality of life, because, you know, I don't know what, what do you think an attorney fee, a consultation, as they say, just to see him, he may charge $150 or 200 for a 30 minute session. And I love this is what we're talking about. The blue collar worker or the trades people, why do people look down on life balance itself out? That plumber can go to his house and he can only be there for 20 minutes and he could charge $150 or a $200 service call rate. So I always knew that that trades and all these degrees, it always balance out. It really does. If you think about what would just call your local plumber and ask him to change a toilet out, depending where you're at here in uh, Hawaii, where I'm at, to unclog a drain, it took a guy 10 minutes, one of my friends that I know, and the bill was 
just to take a snake, you put it down there, you use the tool, unclog the toilet, it breaks the cloth, $500. Versus an attorney, as I said, maybe he's charging $150 or $250 an hour. It might take him two hours. So with the trade industry, I really love the idea that if you're just the worker, you're going to get paid by the hour. If I'm a plumber apprentice or foreman, I'm going to get paid by the hour. But when you're actually the owner of that business, you charge by the job, not by the hour. And that's how what's fascinating about the trick. The longer a person stay, the more you're going to earn because you're going to learn all those tricks and different techniques, how to fit in tight spaces, how to or even electrical. Just for example. An electrician who's been in the, the industry a long time, he's going to know what receptacle is weak. If brand A, he keeps repairing them for his whole life, and then there's a brand B receptacle, he's going to know after all those years of experience when he goes to the house and he takes off the faceplate, brand A has always had a faulty screw. To fix this, I'm going to just go ahead and get brand B out my truck, put brand B receptacle in job complete. He was only there 10 minutes and he charged a service call of $200. And that's what I love about the trade industry. It really helps you with just being creative and critical thinking skills. And the, again, the longer a person stay in the trades, you see the same materials breaking. You see the same problems. Every now and then, you can always learn something new every day on the job. And you know, that's the interesting part about the trades. It's really fun for me because I'm a thinker. I like to think outside the box and I don't ever want a problem or challenge to stop. Yeah. And you touched on something which, you know, I'd like to like to spend a little time on there, which is a lot of people look at trade jobs and they're like, oh, you're just always like, you know, to use the phrase again, like you're the blue collar just worker that's always doing this job for somebody else. And it's like, no, you can start your own business. Yes. Like if you have a, an applicable service that you can provide, you can make a business out of that. Like you don't have to have a college degree to own a business either. Yep. And, and here's another interesting thing too, uh, depending on the scope of work. And I'm only speaking from the plumbing part. They have the license. I'm from North Carolina. The license is broken up in different groups. May, uh, there's a license for to just maybe do more of the residential side. And for people listening, if they don't know what residential is, it's more about like homeowner houses, things like that. They have another license where you're qualified to do residential and commercial work. And people who's listening don't know commercial work is like your businesses, big infrastructure, things like that. So I'm speaking of licenses and a license costs money annually, recertification, continuing education, but you could start a business without the license and just stick to repair work. Repair Certain repair work doesn't cause for a license. Maybe, for example, we know plumbing, you have pipes inside a wall, but everything outside of the wall is accessible. So if you're a handyman, as long as you're not changing the structure of the drain and the vent, but maybe you're just updating something or you're changing a, uh, a cutoff valve, you can do that work without a license and you can make a business. And just talking with you now, 
for an electrician, plumber, HVAC, guess probably what you would need to start that business. Just go buy you a, a old 15 passenger van. It could be from the 1980s. Pull the back seats out, go to Lowe's, spend maybe a thousand dollars in tools. And guess what? You're a handyman. You got a business, whether you register it with the, you know, the IRS and pay your taxes, that's on you. But it doesn't take that much to start a business versus college. Um, my research showed me over 44 million Americans carry massive student loan debt. To start a business in the trade industry, you might could spend $2,000, like I say, buying an old van, buying some basic tools that'll get you started and maybe spend a little money on Facebook market or you know, advertising your ad and service. And the good thing about the trades is once you start and you're good at what you do, your name will be spread around like, like Bitcoin. <laughs> your your business, your name will be everywhere. Your friends would tell you, hey, Colton, I got an issue. Do you know a plumber? Yeah, I've worked with Charles. He's great. He'll show up. And before you know it, you won't even need to advertise. That's what I saw working with my dad. He advertised, I think, only once in the yep. And for the younger generation, I don't think they were. Do you remember the yellow pages? Yeah, I know. I heard you start to say yellow yeah. pages. And I was yeah. like, man, we are we are living in a different age now. But yeah. yeah, it's so much word of mouth because how many times have you heard somebody say like, oh, I just need a handyman or I just need a yeah. plumber. Or, I just need somebody to check this electrical. Like, that's it. If you know a person and you recommend that person, you're doing their advertising for them. Yep. And it's all word of mouth. And I saw with my own eyes, my dad said he only advertised once in the yellow pages. And for anybody who don't know, it was a giant phone book that they used to deliver to your res your house front door. And in the back was the yellow page. That's where you, whatever you want. I want to find a barber. I want to find a plumber, electrician. You would turn to those pages and find it. Now we have the technology, which is very interesting to me now that I think about it. But my dad's generation, the baby boomers generation. They're not so much on this social media and the internet like this, but yet my dad's phone constantly still rings because of word of mouth. It's it's just very interesting that if you're in the trades, you really, when you're established, you you don't even have to be on like Facebook and making posts and hey, uh, call me now for a discount. You you don't even have to really give out the discount because people will know when you find a good tradesman, you're just gonna pay them. Whatever they want to charge for, you're just going to pay them for that amount to get the service and the, the work quality you want. Yeah. And I have said it so many times on the show, like word of mouth is the best advertising on the planet because I could pay for ads all day yep. to try and get this show out to more, more listeners. But ultimately the thing that really pushes the needle is one person saying to their friend, Hey, have you listened to the show? Hey, have you used this electrician? Hey, have you thought about like, I just updated my bathroom. What do you think? This is the guy who did it. Like yeah. it's that easy. And that person will forever be like, Hey, you told me about updating your bathroom and now I want to do it. What's that yep. guy's name? Yep. That's it. That's all it takes. Exactly. And, and again, we, we talked about it earlier, you know, before this meeting about the technology, I'm, I'm very happy that I, I don't want to say that I didn't grow up like in today's generation, but I'm happy that I see both worlds, you know, even with the college degree and the trade industry, like you have to see both like worlds, you know, 
You have to see it that way. And this is what I kind of think now. I, I mean, I've been to college. I got two degrees. But again, I started out in the trade industry first. I noticed that while I was in college, as I think back, a lot of people were bright in ideas. Everybody had ideas. This is the way you can do it better. You could do it better this way. We could do this. All this hypothetical talk. But what was the result? The result to me is where you have to incorporate the trade industry. Okay, y'all have been talking, but structurally, we cannot build this building this way because this is a flood zone area. What we're going to have to do is haul in extra dirt. We're going to have to compact it down, let the land sit for another five years before we can build on it again. And I feel like if more college students would get more involved with trades, not even for the money, but just to get that knowledge, it's, it's, it's like a seesaw. It balances itself out. And I, I feel that I'm very unique and blessed that uh, my father had the plumbing business and I was just born into the trade industry. And now that I went to college, I expanded my mind. Like I feel this is the best of both worlds because I know how to work with my hands and I'm also creative in the mind. And you have to merge the two. Um, if you want to get something done, you just can't use a degree. You have to use your hands and feet. And maybe that's what's missing. Um, as I think back in high school, they made it look like you say the blue collar worker or trace people. They're tired. They're this and that. But honestly, it's a fulfilling job. I can't tell you the numerous of customers who. For example, I talk about this in my yellow books, uh, Chadwick's Cultivated Circumstances, Experiences Priceless. There was a single mother and I went to the house. The job was to replace a toilet. When I pulled the toilet up, the floor was rotten in that section because there was a water leak. And when I saw that, I was upset because the, the uh, landlord told me it's an easy job. It's an easy job. You're not going to be there long. But when I got there, that was a crazy job. The floor was rotten. So I called the back the landlord and said, hey, man, you told me that I was just going to be here in 20 minutes and out. The floor is rotten, man. You got a lot more work to be done. Oh, that he said, that doesn't matter. Just replace the toilet. And because I have an, an integrity and my craftsmanship, I said, there's no way that I can do that. That is crazy. So I lost money on that job and I went and bought some plywood and I replaced the rotten section of the floor, fixed the leak that was causing it, put the toilet back down. And I'll never forget this, Colton. When I called the single mother back in, I said, now try your toilet out. The old toilet was rocking like this because it was so, the floor was rotten. When I saw how cautious she was to like sit back down and I saw the issue that she was struggling with for however long, she broke down and cried and jumped up and hugged me and said, you don't know what difference this made in my life. My kids, we were squatting. The, the toilet was unsafe. And just something as simple as, replacing a floor and fixing the toilet. I changed somebody's life, man. And that's fulfilling. Um, I've worked for corporate America, but honestly, sometimes in the trade industry, your job is self-fulfilling to know that you made a difference, you know, even outside of the money, you know, it's self-fulfilling to help somebody who a lot of times, you know, dealing with realtors and renters, property manager, a lot of time it's not really the renter. Those landlord and property manager are all cheap and don't care, but it was so, to this day, I'll never forget that story, the emotion and the power behind it. Something as simple as fixing a rotten floor and replacing a toilet made a person feel like they won the lottery, man. It was self-fulfilling. 
Well, yeah. And these are just like, they're quality of life things, right? Because it's like, if the floor is uneven, when you walk on it, you're always going to be nervous to walk on that floor. If you can't like how many people hearing that story, this was my only thought is I'm like, how many times have you taken sitting, (laughs) sitting on a stable toilet for granted? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that's what she didn't have it. Like yep. she was sitting down and the toilet was threatening to fall through the floor. It's like, yep. I've never had that experience and I cannot imagine the amount of money I would put out to make that experience just stop. <laughs> exactly. And again, uh, th- that's what the trade industry does. And I'm not knocking college. Uh, I promote both. And, and while we're at it, I-, I love quotes. I try to make them up. And one quote that I'm trying to incorporate and get out to people is uh, just don't stop with a degree don't overlook the trade industry. And another quote I have, in today's society, we need a duality mentality for the economy. So I feel like people with degrees, you might have overlooked the trade industry, but get involved. And as you said earlier, it's going to help you in your everyday life, your home. I look at it this way. During the pandemic, if I was some crazy IT guy at a computer in the office and they say, hey, we don't need you right now, go home. But my uh, maybe my breaker box went out. If I had just a little bit knowledge of uh, electrical work, I could save the money that I'm not bringing in an income now because I got sent home during the pandemic. Or if I had just enough knowledge, here's the good thing about having the knowledge in the trade industry. You don't even have to work it. My goal is to get people more involved in it with the knowledge. If you have the knowledge of it, guess what? When you call an electrician or a plumber or a HVAC guy to do some work, you will know that it don't cost that much if they're trying to rip you off because you have the basic knowledge. And the best example I give for this is like these quick lube places to change your oil. When you go there, it's to the point that it, I'm not even I don't want to say I'm not polite, but I cut to the cake. Dude, I service my own stuff. I just don't have the time to do it. Only change my oil. Do not tell me that I need transmission fluid. Don't top off my fluids. I don't want to hear that. Hey, your your shocks is at 75,000 miles. You need your shocks fixed. It's to the point because I have a little knowledge. Uh, I actually worked with a car mechanic after high school for free for about six months. And I learned so much from it that even now it's saving. It's not saving me money, but it's helping me cut my cost. So again, if people would get more involved in the trades, It's a win-win situation. You might learn the knowledge that, hey, when you want to remodel that bathroom or, you know, move a, install a chandelier in your new dining room, you'll know whether you're being ripped off by just having the basic knowledge. Um, Another side of the trade industry, if you get submerged in it, you're going to be able to do your own work for yourself, for your friends. Maybe you have an elderly mother who house is old, there need to be repairs. You can do those repairs and it don't cost that much and change people's lives, you know? So that's the, the the thing. I want people don't overlook the trade industry, get the knowledge and get the experience. And as we spoke earlier, I've traveled overseas and what I found interesting, there's a lot of people with dual citizenship. They have a United States passport and they have another passport to another country. I like that mentality. Let's get college students to get in the trade industry. 
And if you're in the trade industry and you always had a passion, maybe go back to college. You can finance it because you have the money now to do it. Don't overlook. We need both of them. And that's what I'm really just trying to incorporate because it's it's just amazing to have both, in my opinion, degrees and trade industry. Let's merge the two. And maybe that's the new normal. I'm, I'm going to try to make it a new trend. <laughs> get, yeah. get a trade industry in college. That's what I'm preaching and trying to teach people, man. Well, it just speaks like that is the message of the show, right? I'm just dumb enough to understand, you know, electricity. Like, I don't know what I'm talking about, but if I'm like, oh, there's something wrong with my electrical box. They're like, oh, at least you can point me in the right direction. You know, I don't need to be like, oh, it's this 220 GFCI, whatever it is that I don't understand what I'm saying right now. But you know, I don't have to have like an extremely technical conversation. I just have to be like, this is the problem. This is where it is. Like, it's just a pipe that needs to be replaced and I can't yep. do it. <laughs> yep. And when, when trade people hear us like that, it's kind of like, it's not all, but this is just the way of life. When you're in the trade industry, somebody call, hey, I got a leak. The trade person, can, we look at it two ways. And my dad has always said something. The job that you think easy will become hard. And the job that you think that's hard will be easy. So when the trade people get those services called, I've seen it with my own eyes. Even I've done it. You're excited. Okay, I'm going to go make this quick money. It's just a water leak. And then when you get there, you see the whole maybe main water supply line is rotten. So even if you repair this section of it and you cut the pressure back on, it's going to leak, leak here, here, here. And that job goes from a water repair leak to replacing the whole water main water line, which is a costly uh, job. But trade, they love those calls because I'm going to make a quick buck. And then when they get there, it's like, oh, wow, this, this, this is more than what I can chew. And an interesting business practice in the trade industry, you don't give quotes over the phone. I know a lot of people that's working in the trade and they don't give quotes on the phone. They say, I have to see it because you could get burnt out and you tell a customer, hey, that water leak is only going to cost you $125. And when you get there, it's a lot more than just a water leak, but you told the customer it was going to be $125. And that customer, they don't really do this, but I'm just metaphorically saying they'll hold you at gunpoint. You said it was $125. And then if you don't do it for that, they might badmouth your business. So the, the, the trade industry, you just don't know what you're going to walk into. You really don't. But it's yeah. fun to think beforehand. It's like a I didn't really like math in school. You know, those were uh, Johnny is five years old. He his paper route is 500 houses a day. If Johnny lives the 50 years old, how many papers did he deliver? I hated that. But in the trade industry, it's kind of like a math. I won't say a math problem, but it's just it does something to your mind before you get to a customer house. I've done a thousand water leaks. It could be this. It could be that. And you're you're excited. And when you get there, it's like uh, a game show. What's behind door number one? What's behind door number two for solutions? And it's, it's actually pretty fun, man. And it causes me to think deeper about life and critical thinking skills, how to solve problems. And I think it's very fun. Yeah, I mean, it's very much that like, oh, well, what are you going to do with statistics and probability if you go into plumbing? You're like, well, I'm going to use it every day because I'm going to think on my experience and think what is the most likely situation and course of action to take. Yeah, 
it definitely has. And uh, it's just a wonderful time right now. And I, I really reflected on the pandemic, man, whether you know it or not. I self-published two books behind me. The white one is Chadwick's College Checklist. And whether people notice or not, I cut my college costs by 40 percent. Uh, I walked away with two degrees. And had I not cut costs, those all together, those degrees could have cost me over about thirty one thousand dollars. But because I cut my costs, I got it down to eighteen thousand. Um, I really got inspired to write during the pandemic because far as the next generation, I know you're a product of the American, you know, public school set, or you might have went private. I don't know. But we have to start telling these kids the truth, you know, like just because the media put something out there. It doesn't mean that you can't go to college. Yes, it's expensive. But if you use your mind, you can accomplish anything. So that's what led me to start writing books. Uh, I, I published these two books during the pandemic because I really self-reflected. I said, why am I still working? Why was I deemed essential? And when I really self-reflected and thought about it, Colton, I was like, it's the trade industry. It wasn't the degree. It is literally because of construction. I'm also you know, a contractor. It's because of construction that I have successfully been able to generate income since high school. Because uh, while I was in college, I went to church and the church isn't the big issue, but it's about networking. There was a pastor there. He was redoing some of the plumbing in his house. He hired me. And like what we said, he started calling his friends. And before you know it, while I was in college on the weekends, I was doing side jobs on the side. And even now, many years after I graduate from college, I can pick plumbing back up whenever I want to. If the current job I'm in now lays me off, I could go to a plumbing company, say, hey, here's my resume. Boop, you hire. And then once I network with that company, I get established. Friends of friends is going to call me. So, again, the trade industry is a wonderful thing. And I look at it, too, that the college people, they have a lot of creative ideas, but the trade industry, I think there's a time and maybe now's the time to merge the two as during the pandemic. I really think if people didn't know or you didn't see if your job was important or not, I don't know what else could happen to show you. But the pandemic really showed me that the trade industry construction jobs like that will last for a long time. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, it's one of those like nowhere to go, but up, like if you get in with zero training on the yep. job, you're getting paid to train. If you, you know, get out of that job, go into your next one. Guess what? They don't have to do your training because you're already trained. Now yep. you have an easier application process. If you get out of that job, maybe you want to become a handyman. Like you yep. stop being a handyman. You want to start your own plumbing business. Like you just keep going up because you can't fall backwards. Like you can't yep. just somehow become untrained. Yep. And, and that's the interesting thing too. Again, when I said sometimes, not all, if you really look at, and I don't, I don't follow the news much because they're not putting out articles that I want to see, but just this put, oh, student loan forgiveness. How, how do we put people through four years of education? And I understand the pandemic, nobody could have predicted this, but the fact that it happened, there should be some deep soul searching among people far as the workforce right now. And you can see that the trade industry survived it. I mean, it probably people expanded. I, I used to call my dad during the pandemic. I said, are people really calling you? He said, yes. And here's the thing too. 
We all had to sit home. I was still able to work, but think about what do we do as humans? The psychology of the behavior. You work so hard for your money and you like to spend it. You like to do activities. Movie theaters was closed. Theme parks was closed. So you're sitting in your house. It's human nature to use your money to buy things. I don't have no data, but I would love to take it to how many people rebottled their homes during the pandemic because they, they were just sitting inside and you have to spend your money as human behavior. So I'm pretty sure a lot of people remodeled a lot of stuff. A lot of people fixed a lot of stuff during this pandemic. And it and it really kind of showed you the power of the trade industry, for sure. And a tough time, an ugly time at that. Yeah, absolutely. Do you ever have any specific like job inside of trade job field that you're like, somebody comes and asks you, what job should I, what should I do? Like, do you ever recommend any? In my former days, yes, but now that I'm to this awareness and being awoke, I really tell people about don't ever overlook an opportunity. That that's my advice. And even myself, the, the best way I can describe for me what trades has been, anybody who's learned a foreign language, it's tough. But once you learn that first foreign language, the other languages just start flowing like water. Uh, I know in school they offer Spanish, you know, como estas, uh, bonjour, French. But when I went overseas, for example, in Kosovo, yeah, Albania, you could say CNE, you know, how are you? Uh, and uh, a Slavic Macedonia, Kaksi, you know, how are you? Or Korea, Anyaseo, how are you? It's just like the trade industry, because the interesting thing that I just thought about now, when you're working, you have to communicate with people. It's not like a degree. I'm so educated. I can sit in a cubicle and I don't have to deal with people. I can sit here on my computer and I can type. You, in the trade industry, you have to communicate and you have to work together. The electrician, the plumber, the HVAC. There's numerous times where me and my dad had to meet and go to the electrician. Hey, if we run our pipes here, is that going to interfere with the power source for whatever fixtures going there, then we would go to the HVAC guys. Hey, we see a potential problem here and we want to address it now. If your ductwork is eight inches, the plans calls or the blueprints calls for our pipes to be here. Is there any way we can run around that? Can you please move your ductwork? Or if we, or if you can't do it, we'll just 45 our pipes over this way and then run it back straight. So with the trade industry, when you talk about what's to learn, I'm telling you, this is facts. It don't matter if you choose elect uh, electrical, plumbing, or HVAC. Eventually, you will see the other trades. And if you want to jump ship and go to the other trade, it'll be easy because every day you're working with each other. And that's what happened to me. I started out with plumbing, but my associate's degree, I have an associate's in electronic servicing. It all tied to the electrical wiring class that I took at my community college when I started out. So once you learn one trade, you are going to get involved in other trades and you can pick and choose. There, we, we say some people a jack of all trades and a master of none. So even me, I know uh, the basics of electrical wiring. You know, you got your ground, your hot, your neutral. Also dealing with components and computers, you know, the resistor, the capacitor, the, the circuit boards, you know diodes, uh, computer chips. I learned all that from my community college. So 
when you learn one trade, you're definitely going to get involved with the other one. And eventually you might marry one per se. You might marry an electrician. That's what you like. But for me, the way I'm wired and hardwired, I love it all. You know, even sheetrock. Uh, I, I, I've never done it, but I've watched so many people did it that right now I have done sheetrock repair work. I ain't saying it's a grade quality, but because I saw it so much, I was like, man, this guy, he takes the joint compound. He makes it. He takes his, you know, putty knife. He puts it up there. He smooths it out, let it dry. Then he puts the second layer. Then he might do a third layer. Then he comes back and sand it. And once it looks beautiful, he puts the primer. Then he paints it because I was on site and I saw that so much. I gained the knowledge for free. It's not like I had to go take a sheetrock class or anything like that. So when it comes to picking a trade, I would say this, if you have no skills whatsoever, you've been hurt during the pandemic, go into the trade. It don't matter what it is. It could be a painter. It could be a roofer. It's backbreaking work, but you're going to learn so much about the other trades and it's priceless. It, it really is priceless. And, um, it's priceless and trade provide housing aid. And I'll tell you this, I only know of two scenarios where apartment complexes will allow a tenant to stay free there. Number one is a police officer. I seen it with my own eyes. You know, I, I have a little law enforcement experience and I saw where apartment complexes would allow that police officer to stay free. And if not free, a, a huge discount rate to have that presence even though they're not hiring a security officer, but they have that presence there. Another scenario that I know for a fact that exists is the maintenance guy of an apartment complex. His work is so valuable that guess what? A, a property manager will allow him to stay in a free unit for free, utilities included. They'll give him probably a, 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 a van to drive around the little complex area to, to service the work, all because he has that skill set. And one of the things that I kind of pop questions to people is who would an apartment complex allow to stay free? Someone with a prestigious degree or someone who's in the trade industry and they're handy. It's obviously that it would benefit an apartment complex to allow the trade guy to stay free. And again, he doesn't even have to have those licenses. All he needs to do, typically your maintenance guy, he's doing maintenance. He's not doing installation work. He's just maintaining what already exists. So when he goes to that air conditioning unit, he'll get his voltmeter and maybe he knows how to test it. Okay, there's a short, let's call the real HVAC guy and he'll take care of it. Or if he knew that skill set, he could do the repair right there. And it, it's pretty interesting, man, what the trade industry can do in your own personal life as far as your housing aid. It, it provides aid in so many ways. Yeah. That's awesome. And this has all been great. I, I incredibly appreciate you coming on the show. It's been awesome. Um, Thanks for oh, having me, man. Yeah. I wanted to give you just a, you know, a couple minutes to like, you know, plug what you do, where people can find you, where they can buy your books, okay. anything like that. Okay. Um, again, I'm going to just run it back a little bit. Hi, I'm Charles. I'm unique. Have the two degrees, cut my college costs, paid all the loans back in debt free but I've been more successful in the trade industry. If you want to find more information about me, you can go to my website and that's Chadwick's, C-H-A-D-W-I-C-K-S 
experience with an S, experiences.com, chadwicksexperience.com. And on that website, I talk about the same things. How did I cut my college costs by 40%? I teach people financial literacy on cutting costs, not saving money, but cutting costs, which doesn't require money. Um, if you want to follow me on my social media programs, uh, Instagram and Facebook, and I'm a man on a mission, you can follow me at, and I think people are going to like this, reduce college debt. That is my mission is to reduce college debt, not by forgiving the student loan, but teaching people how to manage their finances and remain financially solvent. You know, I give a lot of tips, you know, about cutting college costs. Um, my books is simple. The, the first book is called Chadwick's College Checklist, Two Steps with Tips on How to Cut College Costs Down. That's on Amazon, and it's also on my website. Uh, plenty of reviews. You can check them out. And my second book, which I published this year and year of 2022, is it was featured in Reader's Digest. It's called Chadwick's Cultivated Circumstances, Experience is Sometime Priceless. And that's where I talk about where the, where the trade industry has literally been free in my life, but it has paid off so many ways, not just monetary, but spiritually, my well-being, it has provided so much. So if people want to find my books, they're all on Amazon and they're all on the website that'll take you the link to Amazon. Awesome. Yeah. Hopefully people find you there. Uh, if you buy those books, I always try and push people, leave reviews Oh for, yeah, for anything you do. If it's your books, if it's this show, if it's the weird 3d printed head model that you bought on Etsy. It doesn't matter. Just leave a review. It helps the creators so much. Um, and I, again, I appreciate you being on the show. It means a lot. Thanks. Thanks so much. And, and again, I love your show name. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Just Dumb Enough podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you'd like to see the show grow, rate it five stars on iTunes, Spotify, or Audible. Also, you can just tell someone you know about the show. That's a great way for it to grow. I'm always looking for new topics, guest ideas, and questions from the audience to reach out to me, dumbenoughpodcast at gmail.com, or Send a message or leave a comment on any of the show pages like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever else. Hopefully people are enjoying some of the new social media posts. That's all I've got for now. I will see you Monday for the next uplifting episode. Bye bye